In a world where three pudgy history teachers discuss random aspects of history. I've got nothing. No, oh, Hatfield, we got you. Yeah, I, wait, who you calling pudgy? Yeah, man, that's kind of rude. No, I'm rude. Welcome to the History Bros Podcast, everybody. It is me, Jason Rude, joined by Brian Geldmacher and Jason Hatfield. And uh, let's just say me and my gang is all here. Thank you for the help with that, Rascal Flats. Now, if only you would get back to me when I have an interview request for my radio show, but whatever. How you guys doing? Great. Just uh, living to ride. <laughs> That's interesting, because I'm riding to live. It's amazing. Oh, wow. It's almost like we're two sides of the same coin is that a song too no i don't know i'm just i've got no other references to that song <laughs> oh that's okay i have to say um we uh i had my teaching artist in yesterday with my class um and heidi does she does a wonderful job anyway but we were doing improv games and uh, all i could think of is hatfield would enjoy this because he knows how to do some of this stuff but did you guys? Oh yeah, I told you that I I had a, a thing that I wanted to shoot. Well, never mind, that's something else. Anyway, hi. Uh, the life is good. What? Oh, um, I, I had a meeting with Ford's Theater uh, with my peeps uh, about the actor's approach to dealing with speeches and like in uh, speech interpretation. And I want to share it with you guys because it's good professional development to begin with. But then I want to see if like it's the same way that like Hatfield was trained since he's you know an actor. Mm. Um, I was weaned predominantly on um, Stanislavski, the Stanislavski method. So mm. I mm. don't think that they're probably going to be going into that. Mm. Okay, fair enough. With this, but um, it's the Stanislavski method is really a lot of people think it's kind of psychotic. Okay. And, you know, like they say, you know, roses are red, violets are blue. I'm psychotic, and so am I. <laughs> um, cool. Let's but, do a great um, show, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's it, it's it, it, you're the purpose is to, to kind of like to relive something in your life to make it more believable on stage. It's kind of one of the. So you draw on your own experiences. To what? So you draw on your own experiences. Yeah. So like okay. um, a one show that I did, um, I was in, a, I had just gone through a really bad like relationship breakup and the director wanted me to play the role of a man whose marriage was failing. Mm. Oh. And I mean, and the thing is, is if you, if you have the ability to tap into it, you can create some, uh, amazing emotional performances but it's exhausting and it can kind of mess with your head a bit sure um but um yeah i uh but i'm kind of like you you want me to basically come on stage and relive this experience he's like yeah mm -hmm. yep okay. thanks well, you know. that's what i really wanted <laughs> You, I'm sir. here. For, I'm your dancing monkey. So, 
Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Anyway, uh, sometime we'll, we'll, we'll put that together. And if we like what it is, maybe we'll even find a way to share some of that stuff out with our audience. If we got teachers listening, yeah. it's, it's good stuff. Um, it's a really good way to approach a speech to get the kids to think from somebody else's point of view, which let's face it, when with middle schoolers, developmentally, they're in that egotistical stage where they're very focused on, on them and they struggle with that, that piece of seeing something from a different point of view. Um, so it's, it's been very helpful that way. So it's not performance really. It's just kind of like public speaking. Well, yes and no, because so the oratory program is about understanding speaking, uh, speaking. Um, but for us, it's, you know, a public, perf- uh, you know, a public speaking engagement is still a performance. Sure. So when I like when I do my uh, my unit where we're doing and I got all the kids presenting, I never say, OK, we're going to present speeches today because that's boring and it's not true. We're, we're, we're going to perform speeches today because to really be effective, I better be able to bring some different tone and some different pacing mm-hmm. and probably some different emotional responses. And then sure. I can make myself really, you know, and, and so it, it's based on, on something we call the podium points and something that Aristotle calls the, the rhetorical triangle. You know, you probably, you may have heard of that. Um, you know, I maybe, I don't know if I knew that that's what it was called. Um, but um, I maybe I've never heard that particular term before. But um. yeah, so so the rhetorical triangle is the theory of rhetoric, and basically you have uh, ethos, pathos, and logos. Uh, logos is your logical sure. argument. Um, ethos <clears throat> is credibility. Um, so yep. what makes you credible to speak on it? And pathos is um, the uh, what what is yep. going to make your yep. audience connect. Aha. Uh-huh. And so, and later they extended that to a fourth one of Lobos, which is um, uh, wolves. <laughs> just to, to add as a, a little, as a unknown right? Yeah, because you have to have yeah, the it's, it's, you, you have to have the it, heart of a wolf to be successful. It, it, it adds uh, excitement, uh, like tension, because the other three could be eaten. <laughs> There's a fifth one too. It's uh, Locos, and those are tacos. So. This week in history, uh, on <laughs> May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. I just wanted to say it. Ah, I got to do it. You didn't. Oh, May 4th, 1626. American Indians sell right. Manhattan Island for $24 in cloth and buttons. You know, I'd heard that there was some dispute about that. So okay. Go ahead and um, speak. I mean, I, I've heard, I'd heard that it was sold for... Relatively cheap, but I I had heard the um, I had heard that uh, it wasn't for that somebody, price re- recently actually. So it wasn't for that price, or it wasn't for that, that those denominations. Um, let's see. Um, He's furiously researching. In the meantime, furiously researching. <laughs> Improbable. The Dutch National Archives is the only known primary reference to the Manhattan sale, a letter written by Dutch merchant Peter Schag on November 5th, 1626, sure. to directors of the West India Company, which was instrumental in the exploration and settlement of New Netherland. In the letter, he writes, they have purchased the island of Manhattes, 
from the savages for the value of 60 guilders. There's a surviving deed from Manhattan and Long Island, but this was made well after this initial Manhattan purchase when the Dutch had already been inhabiting the island for several decades. 19th century historians converted those 60 Mm. guilders to U.S. dollars and got that that was then $24. That same figure has been repeated for almost two centuries since, frozen in time and untouched by changes to the value of currency, but those guilders don't stand at $24 today. According to this converter from the International Institute of Social History at the Royal Netherlands Academy of Arts and Sciences, 60 guilders in 1626 was equivalent to $734.77 in 2011. Oh, so it's it's better. You know. The exchange rate to the U.S. dollar varies, but a conversion, as I'm writing this, gets me $951.08 U.S. dollars, 8 cents U.S. dollars. So moral Which, is- I mean, you got to think twenty four bucks. Yeah, I mean, there was a time in the you know eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties where people are making like a dollar a week, right. you know, or a dollar sure. a day, and so I mean, yeah, it's you got to you know, and but people could survive on that kind of stuff, right. you know, at right. that particular time. So, so moral of the story: yeah. it was cheap. It was well. I mean, sixty guilders. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, it just just it's nothing. Yeah, I wouldn't have gone for anything less than seventy-five. So you know, sixty guilders is a, is a steal. Well, exactly. So, all right. Well, we should keep going here, Hatfield. Oh, uh, May seventh. May the seventh be with you. <laughs> that doesn't have the same ring to it. But no, is it not? Okay. Uh, well, no. You know, sometimes you don't. You don't. You don't. You don't know unless you try. Yeah, sure. That's fine. So you know, sue me. No, don't. No. no yeah. Please no. don't. Eighteen twenty-four. May seventh. Eighteen twenty-four. Beethoven's Ninth Symphony premieres in Vienna, where the little sausages come from. Right. (laughs) Little cans of sausages. Not many people know that Vienna was always well known for their sausages. The music was didn't actually come out until like much, much, much later. Well, someone was on a tour of the sausage factory and said, "What is that? uh, What's that infernal noise?" And, uh, right, and it was this <laughs> deaf guy playing a piano, right, to uh, to sort of um, entertain the the workers. Mm-hmm. But he was just pounding that, keys that were canning <laughs> the canning the sausages. This was, of course, right after the um, the royal family had um, forced the Vienna sausage factory to stay open. <laughs> Because it was deemed to be uh, a critical and integral part of the social, in- the uh, the national infrastructure. <laughs> Who invited this guy? <laughs> it was so ridiculous. <laughs> no, uh, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony premiered in Vienna on May seventh, eighteen twenty-four. That's um, um, all right. Which one of the movies that? I wish that we should have had on our uh, history thing was Immortal Beloved. Okay, way more sense. What's that? I wish. Huh? What's Immortal Beloved? I thought you meant what was a movie. I'm like, dude. Is that like the words <laughs> to the song or what? No, no, no. Immortal Beloved was the name of a movie that um, uh, was about Beethoven. Well, probably loosely based on uh, Beethoven. But uh, it had, um, oh, my God. I can't think of his name. The um, guy, you know, the guy. The look, guy up, he was look it up on in Wikipedia. The, in the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, he was Commissioner Gordon. 
Um, oh, the we, guy who just did he just die recently? Yeah, we talked about him. Yeah, we talked no, about he, him. I can't remember. No, he didn't just. Die. No, no, no. That's Pat oh, Hingle. You know, no, I'm talking you're thinking about of the other guy. Yep. Yeah, I know. I know you're talking about Billy D. Williams. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't have. Another, I'm frantically looking it up now. Uh, Gary oh, Oldman. Gosh. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's also he does in, a fan. He does a fantastic job in that. Um, he does a fantastic job. I mean, if you've ever seen, yeah, he's a, uh, he's the professional. The professional Leon, the professional, uh, where he plays the uh, the I guess the the police officer, the detective, but who's also actually selling the drugs, and he's crazy <laughs> in that. But he just he has such a wide but intense range of characters. He's always yeah, been. really. He's across the board, covers literally everything you can think of, from Lee Harvey Oswald to Winston Churchill, and everything in between. But that they're not true. all like fluffy. Let's hang out kind of people. It's sort of like <laughs> there's a little bit of edge, and I mm-hmm. think if I turn my back, you will stab me multiple times with a fork. Oh, good times. So what method? Mocker, you're up. Yeah. <laughs> so yep, what yep. experience from his past did he use to stab people <laughs> with a fork? Just don't ask so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Gelmacher, you're up. Rude. <laughs> Uh, May the fifth be with you. Yes. Oh, no? Jesus. No. Uh, okay. No. Doesn't work either. May fifth. If 5th, you didn't like mine, I'm not going to like yours. Right. No, that's fine. I, I appreciate that. 1862. Union and Confederate forces clash at the Battle of. I can't talk today. At the Battle of Williamsburg. Jeez. Part of the Peninsular Campaign. I said that word fine. The Yeesh. Valley of Billionsburg. Yes. Okay. <laughs> the Battle. Of Williamsburg. Now, this would be obviously the Williamsburg that we were all. That's correct. This would be the Williamsburg where the pantsless soldiers fought. Pantsless soldiers. Thank you, Drew. That's uh, yeah. memories. I usually try to keep the, the, the Civil War battles out of it because otherwise we'd be doing nothing but talking about Civil War battles. But this one was so relevant sure. to what we were going with and oh, yeah. uh, or what we've done. Yeah. So I had See, to throw this one in there. My nerdathons got me in the first half of the 1840s, so I mm. still have got a ways to go before I could really honestly discuss any battle about the Civil War. <laughs> That's okay. Honestly, I don't really know that much about the Civil War. I really don't. Oh, it's all right. Well, that's okay. Some of us. I mean, I could talk about the the social things that were going on at the time and the the conflicts of slavery and that kind of stuff. But in terms of the actual battles and stuff like that itself, no, I I, no, I need to. So I'll be honest, like I am a Civil War guy in a lot of ways, but it's the social issues that are the most intriguing um, oh, sure. You know, the, the I mean, Gettysburg's interesting just because of the way it plays out in a three act play, essentially. Um, but I mean, the individual battles, there's I don't get I don't get as as much into the specifics of how a battle, you know, like if you ask me how Manassas was won, I couldn't tell you. I really couldn't. Mm. I know that there there was something to do with Stonewall Jackson being in the right place or positioning himself in the right place at the right time. And then his men didn't run. Um but beyond that, I mean, I would really have to do some research. Now, there's people out there, obviously, that are more qualified for that. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Anyway, moving right along. Where are we? Uh, May the 3rd of 1865. President Abraham Lincoln's funeral train arrives in Springfield, Illinois. 
Choo choo. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. So think about this though, as you think as you think you can. Yeah. He was killed in the four. He died on the fifteenth, mm-hmm. and he arrived after a thousand uh, over a thousand mile tour of basically the eastern seaboard um, and some some points in between. Um, mm-hmm. Three weeks later. Now, by this point during the Civil War, one of the big technologies that was really coming about was embalming. That's where I'm going with this. Yep. Yeah. Do we know what happened with Lincoln's? I mean, was Lincoln yes. embalmed? Do, do, do we yes. Know? So here's what happened. He was, he was okay. not only embalmed once, he was embalmed pretty much every day. The, no, that's they re, horrifying. Yeah, they had, they had people. <laughs> no, they had undertakers along to re-embalm him because they knew that if they did this, he was going to start decaying and rotting. And you know, you didn't have as many preservatives that you were eating. You know, uh, unnatural preservatives um, that kind of s- help with some of that process. Nat, mm-hmm. You know, like it does today. So I mean, he would have been. Uh, absolutely falling apart by the time they got there had they not done this so the way i've heard it's embalming the purpose is to like preserve i mean it's not like you have to reapply i mean it's that i thought it was like the one but you know so the, the, the way i've heard it described is that by the time he got to springfield he was basically pickled oh geez and then, uh, so then, the, there's the story about you. there's the story about when they finally sealed the the crypt, when they finally put him in and put the cement over the top of everything, um, and to to make sure that he could not be stolen. Because let's face it, he almost got stolen. His body almost got stolen twice, and his body was actually moved, like interment spots oh, was yeah, moved yeah. nineteen Absolutely. times. When yeah. they actually right before they did it, they opened the crypt up one time, and they uh, they said that yep, it looks like him because he had been embalmed so many times he basically hadn't really decayed much and that was 40 or 50 years like 50 or 60 years after the the shooting that's super weird i know boy he and vladimir lenin yeah exactly what many people may not know about that is that he's actually i think he's still on display i think you're right i think you're right (laughs) yeah he died in the 20s the Mm 1920s Mm -hmm. yeah and they embalmed him and put him on display at the mausoleum um with and he's and it's open and actually they did the same they um they put stalin in there with him too and um he's still on display he's <laughs> like i mean it, it, he it, he cannot possibly look remotely natural well, i'm sure not at this particular point but no. um no way. But yeah, he's he's. I like to t- tell the kids about that, about how Lennon still. <laughs> Lincoln is not. Yeah, I didn't display. know about the embalming stuff, but I, my first thought was, goodness, how much ice did they have to bring along to keep the body cold enough to where it wouldn't do that? But I guess yeah, they, they just embalmed the heck out of it. Well, him. I mean, think of all the quick stops and grocery stores along the way. Just <laughs> well, that's true. Good service that's out there. Here's ten dollars. <laughs> Go get a few bags. Let's get, get as much ice as this will get. <laughs> Oh my God! It's horrible. It's so <laughs> sacrilegious. I feel like. <laughs> oh my God! You can only get two bags. You know, we our next stop is you know Gainesville for crying out loud. What are you? What are you doing? Well, I had to get a Slurpee. I was thirsty. 
<laughs> and that's to just cut off a little sorry. bit. You can slurp all you want. I'm sorry, man. So how is it that you could you only what you only had enough for two bags yet you've got some uh, some chicken tenders you got a little plastic box of chicken tenders. Well, they're really and I got a Jackslings and I got a Jackslings to too. What? You know what? That's offensive. Dr Pepper. No, it's that not even a diet Dr Pepper. Gentlemen, that is offensive. The fact that it was Jackslings and not not Jamestown jerky that's a problem. Here we go. Here we go. Way to go, Geldmacher, <laughs> throwing us off our brand. God. I'm so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Lord oh, almighty, God. people. Who's next? We, Who, who's up? God, we went into such a dark place. Um, Hatfield, it's you. May 8th. May 8th. <laughs> May the 8th be with you. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Doesn't work. <laughs> Zounds. I've been foiled. 1886, Atlanta pharmacist John Pemberton invents Coca-Cola. Hey, check it out, Hatfield. I gave you one about Atlanta that doesn't involve it being burned to the ground. (laughs) And um, we all know that uh, Coca-Cola is um, the nectar of the gods, Mm. as opposed to Pepsi. Ooh. Don't, don't, don't. Nope. Don't I, I don't have to because we know apart. that I'm we know that I'm being I'm being honest. It's we know it's oh, geez. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, Southerner. <sighs> what what's the what's the big one that you guys have out there? Pepsi. Uh, we have both, but I prefer Pepsi over Coke. Same I'm, you here. know, I'm not Same here. Just, must be nice being living in communist parts <laughs> of the country. Oh whatever. <sighs> Wake up and smell freedom. I just All prefer right. my my caffeinated beverages not to be able to take the rust off a car bumper while I'm drinking it. It's not a huge deal. <laughs> it's fine. It's just fine. you know what you guys you guys need to learn how to be a little tough out there in Missouri <laughs> is what you need. You know, maybe I'll maybe you know what after this I'm gonna go visit the grave of uh, of one General Sherman. He's buried here in St. Louis. Did you know that? Wow. Uh, while you're there, while you're there, why don't you? I got something you could do on his grave. <laughs> Shall I pour an ice glass of Coca-Cola out for him or <laughs> Yeah, just rot how do we know he's how do we know he's even still there? Well, oh valid point. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> We're just taking all kinds of shots at everybody. This is we're gonna to have to change this to the disrespectful brothers. I know. You know, you'd, you'd think we would learn eventually to be nicer to each other, but no, we're not gonna do that. Nope. nope. Uh, what for? Well, exactly. Yeah, give it what for? <laughs> I don't know. Who's next? Hatfield, are you next? Uh, no, Geldmacher. No, that's me. May sixth. May the sixth. Be with you. Nope. nope. No. Hmm. Damn it. Nineteen thirty-seven. The dirigible Hindenburg explodes in flames at Lakehurst, New Jersey. That is uh, the Hindenburg we're talking about. Oh, the humanity. That Hindenburg. Right. In fact. In fact. And uh, uh, what did we ever determine? They figured the the uh, the uh, tow lines caught a, a power line. Is that what they figured? Uh, I actually don't know the uh, the true cause. I don't. I'm not sure. I okay. I had heard that that was a possibility of 
of uh, a cause was that you know you got their, their t- they have tow lines obviously um, that are mooring lines and that they were dragging down and then there was a power line strung across and supposedly it hit the power line and uh, it shot up in there and then lit uh, apparently hydrogen is highly flammable. Ah, who knew? Yeah, who knew? But um, anyway, all right. Uh, oh, it's back to me, isn't it? Okay. Hey. May 7th, 1945. May the 7th. Nope. Germany signs an unconditional surrender, effectively ending World War II in Europe. On May 8th, it becomes celebrated as VE, or Victory in Europe Day. And of course, Mm -hmm. back here in the States, there was a famous picture of a Navy dude kissing a chick in Times Square. Yeah, I don't know if that would go over so well anymore. Probably not, especially since I don't think they knew each other. Mm. Right. Right. (laughs) May 5th, 1961, Alan Shepard becomes the first American in space. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah, kind of. Is Alan Shepard still alive? Does anybody know? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I could look it up, but I, I... don't want you to, could, right? but what would be the point of that? Well, that would make, I would have to do work, and we all know how that's going to go. <laughs> <sighs> all right, let's keep going because we're kind of oof. Uh, May 4th, 1970, Ohio National Guardsmen open fire on student mm-hmm. protesters at Kent State University. 50 years ago, uh, this happened. Killing four and wounding nine others. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I would have to do some. Does anybody know the actual story of how the the, the shots were fired? Besides, you know, oh, they pulled the trigger. I don't mean that. Well, um, nobody really knows who fired first. Oh wait, no, that's other U.S. history stuff. Go ahead. No, I don't know. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, maybe we'll do some research on that and see if we can report back to our people. With oh, the, I thought you knew. No, I, I don't. <laughs> no, I was legitimately <laughs> asking. Like I've heard about it, but it's been so dang long. I don't remember. I did hear, I was under the impression that there was somebody that I knew whose father was a National Guardsman there. Oh, wow. wow. Um, I don't know what the details were or how true of a story that even was, but. Huh. Yeah, that, mm, I I can't imagine being on either side of that. Both sides of that, that would be a terrible, terrible situation to be in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's take a break. When we come back, nope. uh, oh, nope. you don't, you don't nope. want nope. why? Nope. I got one more because I remember things like this. Unlike some of us, <sighs> on May fourth, two thousand two, that's my wedding anniversary. Look at you! Oh, I know. happy you. wedding anniversary! When I had when, to put it out there, look, I had to put it out there. So eighteen years. Why so that when your wife doesn't listen to this? Oh. So thank you. Darn it. Well, you know, maybe someday when we're old and gray and she's, you know, finding nothing to do. So she pops on a couple of episodes and stumbles across this one. Maybe just maybe. Who knows? She'll say, oh, you remembered that was 30 years ago. (laughs) And I will still have the wits about me to say, not unlike that Jason Rude. With his trash panda. <laughs> okay, wife. When you when my now wife actually does listen to this eventually, 
I still love you, honey. I'm sorry. And Brian does a better job of remembering, but I have an excuse. I was not home. Hey, my my wife's birthday is on May the 22nd, and I already have all of her stuff all together. It's all I already got Mother's Day gifts bought. Look at you. They're offensive, but you. they're bought. They're offensive? Well, of course. Well, to some people, not my wife. She'll find them hilarious. I'm okay. not asking questions. I'm not asking questions. Okay. Let's probably just get a break. And, um, yeah, that's okay. Good. Okay. And to break we go. We'll be back with more History Bros right after you listen to me talk on a break. Bye. Uh, a nice, relaxing Beethoven symphony to calm us all down. Because let's face it, we're going to get into some heavy stuff here in just a little bit. We're back here on the History Bros. And uh, one of us had a good idea, said we should get back into the amendments. And another one said, I've got one we can do. And then a third one said, let's fight about it. And that's what we're going to do. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Fighting? Well, maybe not fighting. We might debate some things. We might debate, sure. We might debate. I'm a master. So last week... Last week we were talking about um, separation of church and state, and as I as we had said last week, I, I'd been in some uh, discussion with people who are like, "No, um, the First Amendment is to keep uh, the government out of religion, but not religion out of government." And we talked about that, and we were kind of like, "Well, why don't we just continue discussing the amendments?" Sure. And so. Um, there's a lot that's packed into that First Amendment, and we kind of talked about the establishment of religion. And now we want to talk about uh, freedom of speech and of the press. The rest of it is the right to uh, peaceably assemble, redress government, uh, or uh, petition government for redress of grievances, that kind of stuff. So we're going to kind of talk about... Um, the freedom of speech, because especially during this whole um, social distancing, I know that there's a great deal of frustration uh, that's coming from people that um, believe that the that this rights are being restricted by not allowing people to go out and do what it is that they want to do. People are saying, you know, this is. Uh, this is freedom, that kind of stuff. So freedom of speech. Um, I mean, that's the, yeah. So, so the way we're, the way I guess I understood it, we was, we were kind of looking at, um, the freedom of the press in in particular, but speech kind of rules all into that. Um, yeah, freedom of speech and of the press. It's kind of the same, but I mean, that's not, I don't think that, well, what do you guys think concerning just as a little intro into this? I, I don't necessarily know if this is a freedom of speech issue, but do you think that rights are being um, suppressed during this time? You go ahead and bite that monkey off first there, Guildmacher. I have no problem biting this monkey off. I don't know what that means. Uh, um, that? I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, no. Um, so... For all of this kind of, for me, boils down to uh, kind of one specific focus. Uh, Do I think rights are being suppressed? Um, I mean, 
technically yes mm. but well, well i mean there you know there's no i mean i guess you could make the argument that there are laws allowing the government to restrict movement without passing specific laws and i i don't disagree with that um I, yeah i do but i also feel like a lot of this has to do with um I mean, it's the same thing I would tell my class as far as the freedom of, of speech goes. It's the same thing I tell my class as far as the Second Amendment goes. There are, in which we'll talk about, you know, another time, obviously, but it's there, there are rights. And partnered with those rights are people's responsibilities. Gosh, doesn't that go back to some guy from like, like named Montesquieu or something? Well, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it was like a smart. huge influence for Thomas Jefferson, wasn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> so like those exact me, yes. words. I mean, even if you agree that uh, people's rights are being trampled, that's fine. But people also have the responsibility to act appropriately so as not to infringe on the rights of others. Correct. And, so and, and that's kind of where I come from. And I'm Rude. right there with you. Yeah, Rude's right there with you. Um, there's rights and responsibilities. Here's the other piece of this that I have that's, that's a problem. And I am going to get a little preachy, and I am going to take a little pot shot at the guy at the top of the mountain. Um, <clears throat> there's been a mentality that this is a... Zeus? What's that? Zeus? No. Mm, uh, it seems. There's been a mentality place. amongst both the leadership at the national level the highest levels of leadership at the national level and certainly at the uh, the people at the local level or, or not everybody but some that this is equivalent of living during a wartime and it's not this isn't habeas corpus being thrown out the window this isn't mm. um you know uh we're rationing for the sake of um you know, saving supplies for the people overseas that are fighting. This isn't that. This is something completely different that is 100% out of our control. Well, I shouldn't say 100%, but 95% out of our control. And the only way to fix it and save lives and not have even more people die is to do these things. So my thing is, okay, yes, I get it. My right to go to my... Uh, parents' house for the last couple of weeks was suppressed. I couldn't go up there. I want to take my son and go up. We're going to go shooting for the first time with uh, a pellet gun um, and get my son, who is nine years old, an opportunity to learn how to do that because my dad shoots a lot. We don't really hunt, but we, we target shoot a lot um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> or did. And we couldn't do that because they shut it down because there's too many cases or, or in their region. All right, fine, whatever. Iowa's been that, that state that didn't do it statewide. We did it by region. Um <clears throat> But at the same time, if I'm carrying it and I don't know it, or maybe I'm carrying it and I've had a little bit of a cough, but not enough where I've, you know, I haven't had the fever, but maybe I had a little cough. If I take that up there and make it worse, have I violated someone else's rights? So it's not as simple. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's not as simple. That's the thing. It's not as simple as saying, well, they're taking away my rights. Well, if I do what I want to do, I may be taking somebody else's right to live away. Right. Um, I will. I agree with most of what you say, except for like when you're talking about taking a pot shot at the guy at the top of the mountain, because apart from trying to 
restrain or trying to prevent the disease from coming back into the United States, the states have acted pretty much on their own. Um, he's had very Trump has had very little. He has very little say as to, um, in many cases, what the states like. You know, some states are wanting to remain closed. Some are wanting to open. Mm -hmm. And I know that um, Trump has basically said, you know, he's kind of hopped back and forth as to what his executive powers are in regards to the states. But um, the governors, for the most part, have had the say as to what happens in their state. And yes. um, yeah. Yeah. you have you have some that um, I know I've got friends in Georgia that are going out of their minds right now because they think that, you know, opening up restaurants and movie theaters and stuff like that is is kind of a, a deal. Um, Roy Cooper uh, for North Carolina, I think that he's been trying to I think that he and actually our highly partisan General Assembly has actually been working pretty well together to try and have a measured approach to this. And so a lot of this, I think what's happening is kind of out of Trump's hands. So let me, I yeah, mean, let me provide a little more context to what I meant by my comment about the, the guy at the top of the mountain. I don't mean that his actions necessarily, I do mean in the way he has spoken is very akin to how wartime presidents. Oh yeah. He speak. said that we are at war with the, with an invisible oh, enemy. Yes. Yeah. That's what I was getting it's, at. It's good for a, a ninja movie. Right. But, um, and that's, that, yeah. that's what I was getting at. It, it's not so much that his actions have resembled wartime actions. Well, I mean, there are, there are other things I think that have been kind of alarming with his <laughs> not understanding what he's had the authority to control regarding the States. And he's kind of, his sort of back and forth with that, but right. Um, but yeah, I, you've had people that are saying, well, you know, um, the media, we can tie it back this way mm -hmm. sure. um, has been sort of blowing this out of proportion and that it's a lot of fear mongering and things like that. And um, um, so, you know, and a lot of people think that, you know, their rights have been restricted, uh, but like you're saying, I mean, it's to a degree. Okay. Yeah. We don't have the right to do everything that we want to do but as brian was also saying is that you've got you know responsibilities to go along with those rights and you know and you you're thinking you know e pluribus unum out of the many one it's you know we're all trying to get out you know get through this together yeah and it's not about individuals but uh, but you know you can also understand the frustration there are people, you know, the three of us have been, you know, very lucky that we've had the opportunity to work from home. Right. And do that kind of stuff from home. And there's a lot of people that don't. And there's a mm -hmm. lot of people that are struggling. And I can understand that frustration of wanting to get back into that. And that, I think, then plays into, uh, okay, government, what are you going to do to help us out? Right. So I'm going to blow this whole thing up. And I'm going to be that guy. And I, we'll uh -oh. see. I, I, may, hmm. I, I may torque some people off here. And you guys can put me in my place if I'm out of uh, out of line. I, I'm okay with that. But you know, look at the demographics of people saying that our, my rights are being restricted right now. 
where were those same people when there were obviously other people's rights being restricted over the course of the last how much history? Why is it okay, okay, you know, I mean, and I know what it is. Now it's their rights being restricted and not somebody else who's suffering um, the restriction of rights, whether it's de facto or, or overt or whatever. I mean, do you guys understand what I'm getting at? Or am I not well, you're going to have people who protest war when there's a group of people who don't care that are, are fine with the war going on. You know, there's going to be groups of people who uh, find themselves upset with any any decision or any kind of scenario. Um, I don't think that is any different than any other time in history. No, you're right. But I mean, when I look at if you look at the, uh, for example, uh, Hatfield was talking about the armed uh, protests in, in, uh, Michigan. That's mm-hmm. a whole lot of white boys, middle-aged mm-hmm. white men who are there arguing that they're not, that their rights are not being met. You know, they're not being allowed to do what they want. They don't have rights. Mm-hmm. But if we, and I'll take the race, the, the aspect of it, well, when, when African-Americans well, have had their rights restricted very obviously throughout history, where was the, the outrage and protest then? I think you had well, people I've, protesting that. That was the reason for the march on Washington. That but, was the reason for right. But it was I it the same people. So why are the rights who, people why, who felt that in that instance that it benefited them to protest? Right. That's but that's what I'm saying is like why is it when my point is we are willing to fight when it's our rights being uh, uh, taken away. Sure. But we're not always willing to fight when it's somebody else's rights being taken away. No, of course not. Well, that's, I think that's my I'm just saying there's hypocrisy. There's hypocrisy. Well, I think, well yeah, you're, you're trying to point out that there's hypocrisy, and I yes, get that. Of course but, there is. There's um, hypocrisy everywhere. Yeah, I think that when it comes down to it, you've got people that, you know, um, that it's it's perception more than anything. Because, like, you know, it's like, well, gay marriage shouldn't be legal in some people's minds because I don't want it, you know, shoved down my throat. Whereas, you know, they've had, I guess, if you want to call it straight marriage, constantly in their face through movies and TV all the time. Mm-hmm. You don't see it when you're in that realm. But then when things start to impact you, well, then you start taking it seriously. Right. And I've always been of the belief that we're never really unified unless we have a common enemy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in some cases, like, you know, um, since you're bringing up the whole Michigan thing, which we had talked about prior to um, recording, you had a group of armed protesters that went to, in, I think, into the Capitol in Michigan and, you know, were demanding uh, that the state reopen because I think the governor was trying to keep it closed. And I think some of their some of their state legislature was wanting to open it. And so you had people that were armed and you, you know, all on social media, you have a bunch of people that are saying, well, you know, if these were, you know, uh, if these armed individuals were black, then they probably would have been shot and all that kind of stuff. And but it made me it's, you know, it made me think because just this morning. Um, there was another protest. Uh, there's a lady who was in charge of um, the reopen North Carolina who was actually tested positive for the coronavirus, <laughs> um, which, you know, got a bunch of laughs around uh, the state. But uh, um, they were having a protest in uh, Raleigh about, you know, people wanting to reopen the state. And um, 
I'll just, I mean, I'll come out and just say, you know, we do need to open up at some point. Right. I don't sure. think that we need to, I don't think that we should pretend like nothing's ever happened because I think we will wind up, because right now I think we're at 370 deaths in this state, which is pretty low. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and compared to, say, Georgia, which I think has well over a 1,000. Um, one of the comparisons that I've been doing is between North Carolina and Sweden. Mm-hmm. Sweden did not close its doors. Um, we did, and we have roughly the same population. Sure. But they have seven times the number of deaths that North Carolina has. Really? And um, many uh, times, the uh, I think maybe twice the number of of confirmed cases. So, I mean, but to go back to this concept of freedom of uh, freedom of speech and, and whatnot, um, some to kind of combine two amendments of the first and second, there were people that were armed, uh, open carry that were um, taking part in the protest. And they were, according to the, um, the Raleigh news and observer, uh, nine men gathered at the gates to uh, Oakwood Cemetery, which is a very old kind of, I guess, relatively famous cemetery in Raleigh, Friday morning, and most of them in paramilitary garb and carrying guns. Mm-hmm. Now, personally speaking, if you're wanting to protest, I feel like being armed is has a has an ulterior motive. Um, I know that you have the right to have guns and you have the right to exercise that Second Amendment. But when you're doing it in protests, I feel like you're trying to have another component that you're not just, you know, we want our rights. And in fact, um, I did a little research before we came on. I talked to um, our uh, uh, school resource officer um, who's actually retiring at the end of this year. He started at my school the same year I did. Um, and he's a sheriff, and um, there is a general statute, uh, 14-277.2, which says that it shall be unlawful for any person participating in, affiliated with, or present as a spectator at any parade, funeral procession, picket line, or demonstration um, upon any private uh, healthcare fa- uh, facility or upon any public place owned or under the control of the state or any of its political subdivisions to willfully or intentionally possess or have immediate access to any dangerous weapon. That's an odd So one. whereas in Michigan, you've got people that are allowed to go into the state capitol fully armed and um, arguably even, you know, aggressive. But in the state of North Carolina, that is not legal. Um, now the police told them that they had to, you know, they couldn't be taking part. And one of the guys was like, oh, I can have, a, uh, I can have a, a sign, but I can't have my two revolvers. And the police were like, uh, yeah, that's exactly that's, what we're saying. Yeah, that's correct. Um, and so he's, you know, so they're trying to say, oh, look, you guys are even trying to take my rights away. Well, I mean, this is, I mean, if you take a look, these can get pretty heated and the, and you don't want this to become like a Charlottesville. No. And it's never gotten to that point, And I hope it doesn't get to that point. But, um, 
it's interesting that we do have the right to protest, but you have responsibilities. If you want to stage a protest, you have to have a permit. Mm-hmm. You can't just show up as a huge group in front of the governor's mansion and start, you know, chanting and picketing. You have to have some sort of, you know, permit to do that. I think the permit and, process is a little weird, but that's fine. <laughs> and what? I think the permit process is a little weird. Hey, can hey government, can we uh can we protest you? I we think it's more of a you. wanting a little, to make sure that everything is safe so that, you know, they have a police presence there to make sure that nothing devolves into I get it. Something it's just you know, having to having to pay the government in order to protest them is a little weird. Oh, well, <laughs> but um, but yeah, so in the state, of, I don't know what it's like in um, Missouri or Iowa, but uh, North Carolina, you can. I mean, the police officers told them they can't. And then they showed up anyway later at a different uh, part of town in the main um, demonstration and they were armed. Um, the police did not arrest them. I think typically they try to pick their battles, maybe yeah. in some cases. Yeah, I don't get yeah, the whole um, weapon stuff either. I'm, I mean, I, I'm certainly, uh, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Just come on. Well, yeah, I mean, it's if you're showing up with guns and you're saying, you know, I want to, you know, I, I want to, you know, petition the government for a redress of grievances. It seems kind of like or else, and yeah, it has that vibe, and it's just it's not, it, it's it's not necessary if you're just yeah, it's it's stupid. Did obviously reporters were following this, yes. and uh, you know, so did the protesters ever get asked why they came armed, and if so, what was their answer? Well, probably something see. stupid like because I can, you know. Well, it says at noon, many of the same protesters moved downtown, many of them with guns out. Um, the individual that they had questioned, who was then wearing two revolvers and holsters, was among them. The protesters' numbers varied between eight and a dozen. <laughs> yeah. So, not a major, I mean, considering the fact that there were nine to begin with and it was between eight and a dozen, then one of them may have gone. Yeah, this isn't really what I thought it was going to be. How was the weather that day? Uh, that I think that's is that this morning? Mm-hmm. Today, uh, May first. Yeah, so it was this morning. So it was um, not. It was pretty clear. Okay. Um, so I mean, they, I could see this because, as we know, sun's out. Of course, guns out. So. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> um, was a lot of build up. That was a lot of build up. That was that was a way to go for that one. <laughs> Um, police lined the sidewalk around the Capitol, keeping the armed marchers away. So they walked across. And there is actually another um, uh, general statute that says that you cannot bring a gun unless you're a police officer, or some sort of uh, entity like that, into uh, on the grounds or of like courthouses or schools or legislative buildings, that kind of thing. Which again, obviously, is probably a different law than what they have in Michigan. Um, the guy says, we were told we can't use our first amendment and our second amendment at the same time. (laughs) Um, yeah, well, that's, that's been the law. And I was talking to the, the sheriff about that. And I mean, and his idea is, I mean, it's like, well, if you have a lot of people that are angry, yeah, you don't want armed people facing off against each other. Right. 
Um, it's more just, you know, because you're going to have somebody be stupid and it's going to cause a lot more problems. So it's not like, you know, they're trying to suppress people. It's kind of like, well, this is what we've done in the past. Once again, learning from history because something else happened elsewhere in the state, I think, where people were armed and uh, gunshots actually did fire off. Yeah. Um, one, But the same guy also complained that when the liquor stores are open and churches close, I know we've got problems. Um <laughs> That was another issue that um, I was kind of curious about that, you know, why liquor stores are considered to be essential businesses. And um, sadly, one of our state legislators. I can speak to that. I can speak to that. Okay. Uh, So churches are gatherings. And let's face it, uh, you know, on on the big services, you fight to get into that last pew. And there may may not be a lot of space to, to spread out. Mm-hmm. Liquor stores in general, you're not going to have everybody bum-rushing it, usually, unless you threaten to close it. But here's the sure. difference. Somebody who is an alcoholic mm-hmm. and who is – and there there are, are a lot of people out there, you, you don't even realize it, but they, they constantly have a, a blood alcohol content at or near the legal limit or, mm-hmm. limit or above um, because that they're so addicted to the substance – it alcohol is a blood thinner. And so if you take somebody who is that addicted and say, yep, you're done cold Turkey, their blood will thicken up and they will have a heart attack and they will die. Well, that's what this legislator said. Cause I was wondering the same thing. I'm like, really? Cause I was thinking, Oh, the state's just trying to get money off us. You know, that kind of right sort of thing. <laughs> but he did say we have a bunch of people who are chemically dependent. Yes. And if we were to shut that down, then you would have an even bigger issue in the hospitals. Mm-hmm. And so that was a perspective I had not really considered before. And I appreciated that kind of leadership to say, this is why we're doing it mm-hmm. and have actual like, you know, so that was. um. So it's not just willy nilly. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not like, you know, the state's trying to get money or, you know, we're trying to control. It's it really is because they are alcoholics that could uh, cause a huge issue with the the hospital system, which is what we're trying to prevent in the first place. Right. Right. Um, So that was an interesting. But, you know, but to say that you I mean, that you're not allowed to, you know, have both amendments going on at the same time. Well, it's not really that simple. It's no, not really that Yeah, th- and that's the problem is most of the arguments that are being made are extremely simplistic and make it seem like it's a one or this or that. And, and I mean, I've, I've said this how many times, you know, and it's not. There's so much more going on than just the, the simple, well, I don't like it, and that, that's all there is to it, you know. I mean, change this one thing and everything's better. No, that's not what happens. But uh, I want to change gears here a little bit if I can. Sure. Um, I, I had done a little preparation work on, and, and I'm very interested in uh, the free press. Uh, I've got a good mm-hmm. friend who is a reporter. He and I have talked about this topic a number of times. I, I kind of want to bring it up with you guys. Uh, first off, what is free press? Because that is protected as part of the First Amendment. Well, you shouldn't have to pay for newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell Bob that and see what he, he thinks. <laughs> 
No, it's the uh, it's the ability. Uh, I mean, it kind of goes back to what we said earlier. It's the ability for someone whose job is a journalist journalist to report uh, how they see fit. But there is also a responsibility. Right. Um, you, and, and, you know, I mean, you look at what's referred to as a tabloid, or you refer, you know, you go to. I mean tabloids have any sort of medium now it's you know it's on tv it's on radio it's on magazines um do you have a responsibility to not be i guess overtly deceitful in your reporting i guess i don't know yeah so and it's, it, it's a definition that's an odd one but that's well, the general and it goes beyond just reporters i'll be honest with you what we are doing right now is protected by that free press clause we are allowed oh, to sure. publish and say what what we want it, it sounds like free speech and it is but at the end of the day we are providing i mean it may not be in print form but it's the same thing um yeah. you have the ability to print and and put out what you want to put out mm-hmm. and so here's my question is having a free press necessary for our our country to be successful, or just is it is it necessary to have a free press? And I'll weigh in weigh in on that later. You go first. I think that free press is. I mean, I think we talked about this before, but Jefferson had mentioned that. Um, if he had to choose between a country without government or uh, or a a newspaper without government or government without newspapers, um, he would choose newspapers without Mm -hmm. a government. Um, I think the free press is important. Um, I think over time uh, there has always been yellow journalism. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can trace that back from even prior to us being the United States. Sure. Um, I think that the level of... I think that when you start commercializing certain aspects of it and the need to make a profit and that kind of stuff is when a lot of... like, Like, I remember the nightly news... You know, that was the only time you, you could get it in the afternoon. You could get it in the evening. And then you can get it at night. It was like three times a day. And, you know, you only had like a half hour, maybe an hour's worth of news. And that was it. And then they started introducing the 24-hour news. Mm-hmm. And that's when you wind up getting a lot more commentary. Sure. And then you wind up starting to see more politicization of the news. Um, and... I think that the free press is important. I definitely think it's important, but I think that there are certain aspects in order to sell newspapers or to sell, uh, you know, uh, you know, airtime or whatever that sometimes, you know, more exciting and controversial things wind up becoming more profitable. Mm-hmm. And we wind up leading towards that. And I think that that winds up creating a little bit more, issues for the media i don't know if that makes any sense or not it does it does um i feel that the free press is the number one thing it is almost more important than the other pieces of the um 
First Amendment. Not by much, but for a little. And here's the reason why. If you don't have a free press, meaning the press, uh, a, a press corps that is allowed to write what they want, who else is going to truly question the government? Now, we got plenty of people saying, ah, question the government. I got no problem doing that. But do they really have the means to do that? Whereas... The, the White House reporter that's sitting in the White House or the, the, the reporter that's sitting in the State House in whatever state um, starts asking the questions uh, about what the, the leadership is doing and sure. reporting that out. Now the, the people hopefully – and again – that's where uh, Hatfield, you were right. There is a responsibility as a journalist to tell, to be accurate, um, and to tell the story the way it is. And we've lost that. We we've, we've looked uh, the uh, to an extent um, because we want to be the first. Because that the, uh, to, to get something out, regardless of whether it's accurate or not, uh, because that will lead to more likes, which leads to more ad revenue and more money. Mm-hmm. Um, so there there's a commercialization of the news that is has hurt us. But eliminating the free press is not good. And, and saying that Fox News or CNN should just f- be eliminated is probably not good because but, Fox News is extremely biased. And CNN is usually pretty biased as well. I think I would, I would say MSNBC is more the extreme bias. But without them, you don't have people questioning. But I think you are also – you're – you're saying that companies are and reporters need to have morality. Yes. And I mean, my problem. Yeah, I, my problem is. I mean, the- but you know, it's but again, it's like if people are. I mean, you can look go online and you can see websites like World Net Daily that tried to convince everybody that Obama wasn't a U.S. citizen. Sure. And you have, um, you know, you've got obviously far left things, uh, you know, like, you know, Huffington Post and right. uh, stuff that's out there. And then you've got the the one America news network that apparently is getting a lot of traction and stuff now that mm-hmm. it's like it's it's, you know, there's so much spin involved that the facts are the facts are kind of there, but they're seen in a very, very particular way. And but that seems to be what the population wants. Well, it's because the population otherwise they wouldn't exist, you know. Right. So here's my thing. Two pieces. Number one, to address what you're talking about with that. The population wants that because the population doesn't seek out the news. You know, they don't they don't seek out the news. They seek out the news they want to see, not the news, the news they want to see, because I've decided that I want to be Republican. I want to be Democratic. I want to be conservative. I want to be liberal. Um, I'll tell everybody, oh, I'm very moderate, but I I probably not. I I believe certain things. And so I'm going to read and we've talked about this before. I'm going to read what speaks to me, whether or not it's. You know, and and it's good. And I think actually, Geldmarker, you had the best way of saying it. I forget exactly how you said it back then, but something the effect of I'm going to tend towards uh, what I want. And then, of course, the social media trends and and algorithms will feed me more of that so that I can see more of that. Right. Yeah. I mentioned something um, on Hatfield's, something Hatfield posted uh, this past week uh, along those same vein, along that same vein. Yeah, I, mean, I don't post anything that's necessarily controversial. It's all no, no, certainly not. It's it's like cat videos and yeah, right, right. stuff like that. <laughs> right, recipes and. But but the point being is, 
cat uh, recipe? Yeah. But yes. the, the second piece I want to get into is I get really, really fed up with people saying, we just need to get rid of all news. It's the new, you know, and, and our, I'm gonna, I am going to flat out call out Donald Trump. He says the, the media is the problem, and it's not no. the problem. Uh, um, you know, somebody has well, to be there to his, hold people accountable. Well, to, to be fair, in his mind it is because he is constant. I, I feel like he's constantly um, reported on poorly. Right. And typically, it's kind of for stuff that he says and does. Right. <laughs> and I think then he gets frustrated that people, you know, like the whole situation with the whole injection, you know, comments that he made. Right. Um, in his mind, he probably thought he was saying something else, but that's not what he said. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, so that's when true. people reported what he said, then he gets upset because and then you, you you've seen a lot of, well, I can't believe he said that. Oh, well, that was just locker room talk. Or I can't believe he said that. Oh, well, that's not really what he meant. It's like, well, it's not my job to try and decode what it is that he's saying if he's the leader of our country. That's the way. And the so he. In his mind, it's kind of like, look at all these other things that I may or may not be doing or that I'm trying to convince you that I may or may not be doing or whatever. And so I think there's a frustration. And so instead of being reflective, which I think is a big problem that he's got, instead of being reflective about, OK, well, here's some mm -hmm. things that I should change or do differently. It's kind of like you guys just hate me. And it's, you know, it's that very kind of, you know, I'm crossing my arms and like puffing out my cheeks and that sort of stuff that. Right. Um, and I, in, in some cases, and this is by no means a defense, sometimes I really feel like he honestly does not realize how many word salads he will spit out, you know, <laughs> in the midst of, uh, of inter in interviews and stuff like that. And I mean, frequently right. he does sound like he's giving a book. I mean, we've all had that kid giving a book report on a book that he hasn't read. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want this to turn into a, a one-sided bashing of, of a guy who, who's not here to defend himself. Um, but again, we are, we are media, dang it. And, you know, um, and, and again, my problem, I, real quick, uh, sorry, I don't want to cut you mm -hmm. off. Real quick, no. my, my problem usually lies with the American people more so than the American president, whoever it is. <laughs> my problem is with the people because the people don't care to go out and get the actual education. I don't want to say education like, oh, you got to go to college. But I mean, read the dang multiple sourced news whatevers. Don't just go to one spot. Look at multiple things. Do your own research. You know, that, I have a huge problem with that with our with our society. The, uh, one of the things that I think you're focusing on that you're missing when you're and you're focusing on it, but you, but uh, I'll, I'll call it out for you is that we are press. We we may not realize and we might even think of ourselves as press, but we are press. Mm -hmm. And I don't think necessarily that it that the word press is defined by a specific group of people. True. That sounds odd. <laughs> but again, we're press. We're presenting information. We are presenting, you know, things to people who had not heard them before necessarily. Correct. So definition-ish, we're press. Um, Without a doubt. And that goes... Now, we, don't ha we don't hold that same responsibility because our audience is not as huge as, you know, for example, CNN. So their responsibility is a little bit larger than ours is, if that makes sense. Yeah, but, but I mean, do we... But do we I, I do feel like to kind of, to, to go along those lines, though, I think that would... 
give us more responsibility. It's like, you know, back in the, the chain emails that your <laughs> parents would just forward without ever researching to see if any of these things were true. It's kind of like, well, these friends of mine shared it with me, <laughs> so it has to be true. Right. No, I get that. So, I mean, I can, when I when I, I mean, I've got I've had friends who I kind of align with ideologically that will post certain things. And before I will comment or whatever, I will sometimes have to say, I don't even know if this is true. I'm going to check this out. <laughs> mm -hmm. And if it is true, then I'll be like, OK, I'll comment on it. And if it's not true, then I'll say, hey, uh, you kind of got this one wrong. Mm -hmm. Sure. Because I just. There was a time I was such a firebrand and I wanted any information that I felt aligned with what I, I felt and what I thought. Mm -hmm. And I would get frustrated when I would see other people get misled without realizing how much it could be happening to me. Hmm. And I finally was like, well, if I want to walk this, you know, talk this talk, I need to walk this walk. And so, sure. Um, there have been a number of times where I've been like, even though it's like, this is crazy, it's kind of like, well, you know, like, like one of the big things, you know, that was circulating a lot was that, you know, Trump made this quote about, and if I would run as president, I would run as a Republican, you know, because they're so gullible or some kind of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it was and it's a, not true. It's never been true. People magazine interview or something like that. Yeah. And it wasn't, yeah, yeah. it's, it's right. never, and I, I, st I saw it pop up this past week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I said, um, it's not, that's a very lazy way to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to, I would want to be, I would want to be angry because my information is correct, but it goes against what I thought than be happy because I got false information, if that makes sense. Sure. Right. So, oh, well, that, yeah. And, and, and that, that is the social media um, climate right now, you know, everybody has a voice and you know, it, it, the, the, the memes and posts on social media, all they've done is replace the chain emails that you were just referencing. It's the same <laughs> stuff. It's the same recycled crap, but like, oh, you, yeah. you know, I see something I agree with. Oh, I like that. So I share it. It's not true or it's five years old and it doesn't, you know, it's right. not accurate anymore, but I don't care. It speaks to what I want to speak about. And, you know, I couldn't come up with a better way to write it myself. So I'll use somebody else's words. Right. And that's why I say I am more upset. I mean, I am more upset with the American public because they don't take the responsibility along with their rights. Well, all on those same lines, though, is it required of the press to sort out what's garbage before it's reported. Yes. Yes. But does yes. that happen? Well, but does that happen <laughs> on social media? I, I would contend. No, hey, no, I get it. I, I, and I, I yeah. totally, and I, I think that social media is a form of press as well. It's, I think it's their responsibility to weed that stuff out as best they can in addition. But I would contend that if I'm going to post it on my, if I'm going to put something on my social media page, that same responsibility is on me. It's not on Facebook as much as it is on me if I'm going to put it out there. Otherwise, it's just mm -hmm. propaganda. I, I, I do think that to say that the press doesn't have a responsibility is I, I think that's a very slippery slope. I, no, they we do have, have so many. 
Well, we have so many. I mean, then what would be the difference? I remember, and I was thinking about this the other day. I was, when I was younger, um, I was going through the line at Food Lion, and there was a lady that was ahead of me that had purchased some WD-40. And I remember this. She said that she had read in one of the tabloids that that helps with arthritis. Jeez. Now, a lot of people would joke and say, well, let's go ahead and thin out the herd, you know, but it's but the thing is, is that let's say what if that was my mom? Right. Mm -hmm. That believed that I would be incredibly upset, first of all, that she believed it. But that secondly, somebody published that. Yep. And they published it either. And I hate to tie this to, to, to again, kind of go back to, you know, uh, to Trump on this. But there are things that he says that either he would have to either not know it wasn't true or he would know it wasn't true, but said it anyway. Okay. And in either case, those aren't good answers. Sure. And I feel the same way about the press. If the press is either releasing information that they that they don't know is true then that's irresponsible that's kind of mm -hmm. like we just want to get all that information out there and then we'll sort it out as we go along well that puts people into a frenzy sure um I'll and give if you a perfect putting, example real fast i'll give you a perfect example yeah um the day that kobe bryant his that his helicopter crashed mm -hmm. initial reports were that his entire family was on board yep his entire family mm -hmm. right and people were freaking out on social media. Yep. Because the news channel didn't report it correctly because they needed to get it out before anybody else did. Oh, yeah. And and the, and people were freaking out. Now, it turns out that it was only two members of his family as opposed to four or five. Mm -hmm. That's a huge difference. Yeah. And the, and you bring up an interesting point because it's the war of the worlds syndrome. Yeah, that's why it's important for the press to have that information correct, because the War of the Worlds, as we all know, was this radio drama mm -hmm. that they were trying to do to make it kind of realistic with like commercials and stuff like that. And a lot of people started tuning into it after it had started and thought that it was legit that mm -hmm. we were being attacked by aliens. Now, as ridiculous as that may be. If you have a press that's not doing that fact checking to try and, you know, double up on their on their sources, you know, to make sure that, you know, what they're then you that could be incredibly harmful. Next thing you know, you're telling people, hey, WD-40, I think will help with your arthritis. Right. Yeah. And, don't and then people go out there and do it because they're like, well, why would you print it if it wasn't true? So I I think that it's that being a reporter and running a newspaper is uh, there's very uh, a large degree of uh, sincerity and seriousness that needs to go. Uh, yeah. To go into it. And don't don't misconstrue that. I'm saying the onus is not on on people that that put stuff out as media. What I'm saying is because they do like if you're going to what I'm saying is if you're going to put something out to the public and that's the thing. Social media is media. Social media is the press. Uh, the definition of press goes back to printing presses, which was the media. Uh, or the medium at sure. the time for getting this stuff out there. Right. Um, but at this point, like you said, Geldmacher, the definition of press 
uh, is very much undefined or very broadly defined now. And I mm-hmm. would contend that anybody who puts something out on social media is acting as a member of the press. If you're providing situ- information, Correct. then you could be considered a member of of, of that sect. Yes, I won't even use the word. I won't even use the word press because I think it's, it it connotates something very specific. I'm not even using that word. Right. If you're an information provider, you're part of that group. Correct, and that's yeah. and, and you have the responsibility to put something out that's, that's accurate. So for like for yeah. us to come on here and 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 say, um, you know, the sky is turning purple from now on, uh, that would be irresponsible of us because there's going to be at well, least twelve people that something hear this. crazy like that. Nuclear energy was actually discovered sometime during the revolution. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> there's jokers out there that would do that. Well, and here and here's the thing. Um, Another aspect is that, like, you know, Rude, you were talking about how you think, you know, Fox News is uh, conservative leaning. And um, when pressed, um, I think um, people like Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity, they, you know, their main defense has usually been, well, we're not news, we're entertainment. Well, that's true. And well, I mean, and the thing is, is that they don't necessarily label themselves as news. I mean, the O'Reilly factor wasn't necessarily news. And, you know, Sean Hannity isn't necessarily news. Okay, so it is entertainment. But, you know, it comes across as that's that's that kind of form formulation of like another cluster. Oh, yeah. And in the same in the same vein that Rachel Maddow and Lawrence O'Donnell are not news providers, they are commentators. Correct. Right. Right. Very, very correct. So that that I feel like it's a way of trying to throw out as much opinion as you like, but without having to feel like you need to shoulder any real uh, responsibility. And we come uh, back to the rhetorical. Having it be legit. And we come back to the rhetorical triangle. (laughs) Oh, what makes you credible? What makes your audience connect? And what logical fact do you have to prove your opinion? Perfect. We, we have thrown. The wolves. Yeah, right. And we have thrown rhetoric out the window in the name of opinion and ratings. Sure. And money, which equals money. Sure. Correct. Oh, my gosh. I didn't see it going that way, but, man, did that work out. Thank you, Ford's Theater, for everything you provided me. I will take my victory lap now. (sighs) Yeah. Well, there you go. Yep. There it is. Whoa. Root actually got one right. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's, you know bound to happen a lot of people feel that free press means that you're allowed to say whatever you want and you are um to a degree i mean yeah i mean i know that uh finally um infowars was brought to task for a lot of misinformation and a lot of conspiracy (laughs) uh peddling um but i i do think that it's I mean, it's and I, I just wish and the thing is, is that morality is it's very subjective. Um, morality can be, you know, like uh, dropping the atomic bomb. Was that right versus OK or the continuation of the war? I mean, so there's, you know, there's different perspectives. And so 
but I do think that when it comes to the media, there is a strong responsibility on their part to report facts. And, you know, but a lot of people, you know, it, it gets to a point that a lot of people search the facts out that they want to believe. Oh, without exactly. And, and that's, that's, and it, it can only the press, I think in today's time, especially with the advent of social media and, you know, uh, things going viral and trending and whatnot that, you know, your news sources, I guess, are really or the news is really only going to be as good as the people who want to pay attention to it. That is true. And that's why I say who, you know, when you go back and look at where are people getting their news from, um, you know, there's I saw at one point and this is years ago is back when John Stewart was still doing it. Um, but uh, John Stewart was the news source for a number of people like that's where they got their news you know and now if we were to do this today where are a lot of people getting their news are they watching the 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 six o'clock or seven o'clock news or whatever it is in in the different areas where we are or are they getting their news from social media and that's why i say the definition of of press or media however we want to call it or the scope of who is who is part of that has broadened drastically no, I, I think that's I think that's great. I think that's yeah. I mean, all right. It's uh, technology and the ability to spread this stuff so fast. Uh, it's a blessing and a curse. Exactly, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yep. yep. All right, gentlemen. Well, this has been a good one. I, I enjoy how this went and where it went. I think we hit on some good points. Um, I think we've proven. That there is that that right along with the rights, there are responsibilities, and I think we're probably going to hit on that when we get into the next amendment. And oh my gosh, the ice cream store is open! Oh boy! Oh, oh boy. boy! That was a shiny quarter moment, if ever I've seen it. Remember how I said I had ADHD? <laughs> um, I don't think you needed to tell me since day one. Right. Exactly. By the way, where's that nickel of yours? Right. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I think I think we'll probably come back along this theme a few times, just in different oh, yeah, contexts. I mean, at the end of the day, in some ways, I feel like we got to give the American public a spanking and realize that they need to realize or to, to understand that they're part of this as as much as anybody else. Well, I mean, to be fair, the press are members of the American public as well. Well, yeah, but and and like I like I said. <laughs> the definition of who the press is has broadened. And, sure. and, and and this is the thing. I'll go back to what I said just a minute ago. Um, where are people getting their news? More and more people are getting their news from social media. Sure. So um, there you go. All right. Well, uh, are we going to tell people which amendment we're doing next? Or are we going in order? Or are we going to let them have to wait and find out? I don't think that the third amendment's going to be very <laughs> You don't um, think it's a big deal? Really? No, I don't <laughs> I don't think we're gonna spend a whole lot of time on quartering soldiers in private homes. Um yeah, Maybe I we uh, see, see that as being an issue. I say I say we go in order, but we tack on the third as I like got a kind of a as we finish off the second, let's talk say, through that. As of this week in history, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. All right, well, that'll work. We'll uh, we'll get that put together, and we'll be back with more history, <laughs> bros, in a week, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. Yep. Yes, as always. <laughs>
All right. Talk to you soon. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk to you in a week. Have a good one, everybody. See ya. See ya. Peace out. Deuces.